Hey everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, today is day nine of the Ultimate Weight Loss Bundle Week, which means you have like just a little bit more than 24 hours to get in on a tremendous deal where you get 112 distinct items, programs, videos, audio, ebooks, courses, live sessions with over 90 of your favorite plant-based influencers, athletes, doctors, chefs. It's worth over $4,700 when priced separately, but until 11.59 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday, March 2nd, you get this for $49. It sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. People are loving the bundle, and I am featuring every day some of the bundle contributors, and I have the pleasure today of talking to the Vegan Gym Brothers, and they're going to tell you a little bit about what they do in general and they're offering to the bundle. Please welcome them to the show. It's nice to see. I, you were on the show a long time ago, but it's been yeah, a it while. Was, yeah, I think yeah. it was what two years or something like that. Uh, not quite. I don't think. Yeah, but. it's been a while, but it's it's great to be back. Uh, and uh, uh, an amazing intro. Uh, it's like you've done that before or something. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> I can tell you, I've done it. Eight, you are my eight hundred ninetieth show. So uh, wow, yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm going uh, so to hit 900 this weekend and have the Esselstons on. But yeah, you know, I, I didn't know I was going to keep doing this this long, but the pandemic thought otherwise. But I love your shirt. And why don't you tell the audience who's who so you know, so they know who you are. I'll let this guy go first. Yeah. So my name is Leif. And yeah, as Chef AJ said, I've got a not bad for a vegan. I don't know if it's backwards, but <laughs> uh, I've got a not bad for a vegan shirt on. And uh, and my brother honors. I'm honors. So uh, we're the, the vegan gym brothers. <laughs> that is yeah. just so are- cool because I'm, I'm so glad. Say- oh, you go first. You go first. Okay, sorry. I was going to say, we are actually brothers, even though we don't look alike. We are. Yeah, we, we, we look nothing alike. We have the same parents, uh, <laughs> contrary to popular belief. <laughs> Where so. did you get that great t-shirt? Um, from vegangymgear.com. That's great. I love it. Do you get, uh, I love that, you know, I love when guys are vegan because, you know, people think veganism is okay for ladies because, but it's not manly. And I love when you prove them all wrong. I'm sure you guys saw the movie Game Changers, right? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. That's why we wear vegan apparel to the gym and stuff like that, because you can love doing vegan advocacy through fitness. I think that's a really powerful way of doing it. And it really aligns with kind of the way that I like portraying veganism. So I think it's really, that's basically our mission is to help vegans become uh, kind of really fit, healthy, and confident, because I think that just has an amazing ripple effect and you can inspire lots of other people to go um, more plant-based or even go vegan. I mean that in my own life. Um, this is the first one that I really pushed to go vegan. Oh yeah. Well, so, our sister went vegan before me, actually, uh, but then yeah. I traveled along there. <laughs> you know, you talk about vegan advocacy at the gym, just t-shirts are vegan advocacy. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the coolest thing is because when you're, when you're in that gym environment and uh, like for us, we wear these shirts and we don't really say anything, but people come up to us because they're like, oh, not bad for a vegan. That's pretty funny. And it starts the conversation of veganism, how we do it, how we build muscle during that process. And it's, um, it's our way to be able to kind of have like a, a Trojan horse to talking about veganism. Um, so it's a great conversation starter and it kind of leaves like a level playing field instead of kind of like going out to them and saying, Hey, learn about this. They come to you. Um, it's just really cool. 
There just seems that there's just more myths in the fitness world than probably anywhere else about veganism. Uh, This is true. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you get your protein? (laughs) Yeah. I've heard that once or twice. So yeah, I think it's really cool when you just like, when you just wear, um, kind of wear your ethics and it just really kind of demonstrate that from a, a, uh, perspective of, fitness and when you get into the gym and you're deadlifting more than the guy next to you and he looks over and sees your shirt says something about veganism like that really can uh change some perspectives so it's pretty cool that is really really cool because because you know you hear i I mean like even today we had a doctor on earlier and somebody said well can i build muscle i'm postmenopausal and i i mean the answer is yes right absolutely absolutely yes but you got to do something right you can't just sit here and do zoom i mean i yeah. If only. <laughs> it takes so much effort to that. I, I I'm going to be honest. Like it's my weak spot is is doing anything that involves building muscle, and I know it's important, especially as we age. But it's so boring. Can you make it fun? Well, it, it you you can absolutely make it fun. Um, and it's there's there's uh, fundamentals that you need to, to follow in order to build muscle, but you can really. Uh, map it around what your lifestyle is, the things that you enjoy and build a structure around that. So it's something that's continuously enjoyable and fun and exciting instead of just the, like going in the gym and you're standing there kind of boring. Um, You can, you can make progressive overload, which is the process of building muscle in the gym, uh, extremely fun. So uh, yeah, actually I love the process of, I kind of view uh, fitness as like kind of being a sculptor and you can go into the gym and you have the right uh, strategy, you know what you're doing when it comes to your training and you know what you're doing when it comes to your nutrition, then you can actually like sculpt your body in various ways. And it takes some time. It takes effort, but it's uh, if you understand the fundamentals of lean vegan muscle growth, you can really um, you can make some huge strides there. Yeah, That's really cool. absolutely. There there's, there's, uh, going to the gym without exactly knowing what to do and how to do it versus going to the gym with intent and having a strategy around that. And then if you have that intent and strategy, you actually enjoy the process because you're looking forward to going to the gym because you know exactly what to do. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people do find specific things to be tedious or time consuming. Uh, just because they go into an environment that they're unfamiliar with, uh, with no plan, and they just kind of like walk around and, and move their body and leave with not knowing if they did something or not. Um, so strategy is huge when it comes to progression towards an actual goal with your health and fitness. Do you think it takes longer to build muscle than to lose weight? Or can those processes happen at the same time? Because if you, you know, I hear that muscle weighs more than fat, so you might not lose the number on the scale, but you still are getting losing fat and still getting thinner. Yeah. Thinner. And yeah. So, uh, the process of losing body fat and building muscle simultaneously is known as body recomposition. Um, if you have the right strategy and you are actually tracking your progress, it's totally possible to build muscle and shred body fat at the same time. Now, generally speaking, your body is going to be most efficient at doing one or the other and focusing on that uh, kind of primary fitness goal, but you can totally 
do both at the same time. We work with lots of clients and uh, they're able to uh, build muscle and shred body fat simultaneously. So it's totally possible. You just need the right strategy. And um, it's easier if you uh, are earlier in your fitness journey. So if you haven't already built a lot of muscle, it's a lot easier to uh, do body recomposition. So it's a lot easier to build muscle and lose body fats at the same time. Wow. And, you know, we have a lot of questions about osteoporosis and are there exercises that are good for them? Angela, who's watching live, said she reversed hers in her 60s. But tell us about what you contributed to the bundle and how that would help someone. Yeah, uh, just a quick note on osteoporosis. So all types of resistance training, whether you're doing body weight training, uh, whether you're doing kind of like resistance bands or you're moving around sandbags or you're lifting weights in the gym, any type of uh, um, activity that you're doing uh, with resistance training, you're going to be both building your skeletal system as well as your muscular system. So you can build muscle. And as you're building muscle, you're also going to be building bone density. So um, that's uh, resistance training is one of the top things that you can do for uh, treating or reversing osteoporosis. And a plant-based diet uh, in combination with that is pretty powerful. So odds are in your favor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what we're contributing to the bundle is actually, um, I wrote a book called vegan fat training secrets and we put a, um, uh, a copy in the bundle. So it's just an, it's an ebook that you can download. Um, and you can just run through kind of, uh, that entire book and it's proven to be really helpful for lots of people. So, um, that's part of it. And then we also have, uh, some, um, high protein vegan meal plans in the bundle as well. High protein, but the protein comes from plants. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's the only kind of protein we like. <laughs> that's funny. Well, the plants actually have protein. That's so funny when people think they don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just, doesn't make any sense because they, they, um, I think it was, uh, I first heard it from uh, Patrick Baboumian. He's, uh, I'm sure you've heard of him. He's in the Game Changers, as we were talking about previously. And um, he's a really strong German guy. And uh, he, he has made comments before about people who have said to him, Hey, you're, how do you get as strong as an ox without eating meat? And he's like, when have you ever seen an ox eat meat? <laughs> and I think that's just a really powerful example. You look at elephants, rhinos, ox, you look at all these really strong, powerful animals and they're all herbivores. So Obviously, uh, you don't need to be consuming animal products to be consuming protein. And the only reason that animal products have protein is because they, those animals have gotten the protein from plants. So we go straight to the source. That's how you do it. Right. Cut out the middleman. Exactly. There seems to be a discrepancy in general, and maybe even in the fitness world about when the best time is to eat, because a lot of people are promoting intermittent fasting now. And so, but a lot of people say, but you know, you have to fuel your workout. And like, I mean, like Dr. Furman, I recently had him on because he's in the bundle. He says, you shouldn't need to eat to be able to go exercise. What do you think about that? Um, it, uh, it depends on a few factors. So the, the most important thing, it's basically, it basically comes down to personal preference, your fitness level, your body fat percentage, what your body composition looks like. And it also depends on what kind of activity you're doing. So somebody who's going out and jogging for 20 minutes is a lot different than going into the gym and just demolishing like a 90 minute high intensity 
uh, kind of resistance training workout. So those are very different and we need to approach uh, pre and post workout nutrition very differently for both of those, uh, for both of those situations. Um, so generally speaking, uh, uh, it depends on your fitness goals. It depends on how your body kind of processes uh, uh, pre-workout nutrition. Um, and it also depends on how you, what kind of food you're eating for pre-workout. Like you don't want to have a huge meal and then go train with a high intensity. So um, my general approach is to consume some carbohydrates, a little bit of protein, um, but I keep it to around like 300 calories for pre-workout. That's what I've found to work really well for me. That gives me enough energy to push through my workouts. Um, and it's really important that you are getting everything out of your workouts. Uh, there's a huge difference between going to the gym and training with 70% uh, focus and intensity and 95% focus and intensity. So those are two very different things. And, um, and you're going to see the compounding uh, effects of that higher intensity level over time. Uh, in a really dramatic way. So if you can bring more uh, focus, energy, and intensity to your workouts, you're going to see results faster. And that's why pre-workout pre nutrition can be helpful. It also depends highly on the uh, time of day that you're training. So if you're training in the evening, then you've already consumed a bunch of calories throughout the day, most likely. So your glycogen stores are all fueled up. You're ready to hit the weights or whatever kind of workout that you're doing. And you can just get after it because you already have all of the uh, energy that you need to crush your workout. Whereas I prefer training first thing in the morning. Um, so I wake up, get ready for the gym, go to the gym. And I, I have found that it works best for me to be consuming uh, some calories before doing that. So um, it really depends on a bunch of factors and it really, it also comes down to personal preference. So you can just kind of test out different types of pre-workout nutrition. Um, I like just using a banana and protein shake. That's all I do. Really simple. And, uh, it doesn't, it's not too much weight in my stomach. I don't need to like spend a bunch of energy digesting that, uh, through my workout. So that gives me just enough energy to push through my workout. I don't need to worry about, uh, feeling stuffed or, or feeling queasy because I'm, uh, consumed too much before I work out. And when it, when it comes down to us as brothers, like I'm very different. Uh, I don't eat before I go work out because it, I kind of get, uh, nauseous. And I don't like the feeling of something in my stomach. Uh, so, um, as we've been saying this entire live stream is like there, it does come to down to having a very customized approach to you um, because like the gen, uh, generic cookie cutter plans, or if you just Google something and you start following a trend, it's not going to get you to where you want to be. You need to make sure that you take in all the variables within your lifestyle, your body composition, um, so many other different factors into the strategy so you can find what's going to work best for you. Um, and it, it's a very, it's a more involved process. Uh, it's simple, but it's more involved than people make it out to be. Hence why people get stuck. Um, so yeah, it's, know. it's unfortunate to see people who have like a cookie cutter plan or just some general ideas about what to do go off and then try to get results because it can be really frustrating when you feel stuck and you feel like you've hit a plateau and 
most often that comes down to just not having the right strategy. And if you had the right strategy, you would start seeing results, you would start building momentum, and then it actually builds on itself and it becomes easier and easier to ingrain those habits and routines in your life. That makes sense. Thank you. So here's a question. Where did it go? Okay. From Jennifer is a good one. In your opinion, what are the key items to have in your home gym in order to build muscle? Oh, that's a very good question. That's a really good question. So ultimately it just comes down to, uh, doing some type of resistance training. So basically what you need to be doing, uh, Anders mentioned progressive overload, uh, before, which is just a technical way of saying that you want to, uh, challenge your muscles more and more over time. So the way that you build uh, bigger biceps or build any other muscle in your body is by uh, training that muscle to the point where you are um, exerting your muscle and breaking it down. And then it's going to, as you recover and fuel with protein, um, those amino acids are going to be rebuilding your muscle into something stronger than it was before. So that's how muscle grows in both size and strength. So over time, you just want to be challenging your muscle more and more. So if you are just going into the gym and you're just doing, uh, let's say you're doing squats and you're doing hundred pounds and you go into the gym and you do uh, 10 reps, four sets, and you do that every single week for a year, you're not really going to see any progress because your muscle is getting used to that weight and it's getting used to that intensity and you're not uh, pushing your muscle beyond, uh, the, um, what it's comfortable doing. So that's how you really go through the process of building muscle. So that's basically any kind of, um, I'll talk a little bit about kind of some of the best exercises, but kind of training equipment, uh, that's focused on resistance training. So, um, it could be like a, a dip bar where you're doing just body weight dips. It could be uh, resistance bands where you're doing bicep curls or leg lifts or something like that. It could be weights where you're doing squats or you're doing deadlifts with a barbell. It could be uh, dumbbells. It could be sandbags. It can be kettlebells. Uh, you can, there are tons of different types of equipment that you can be using for resistance training. It's really important that you find uh a workout style that you really enjoy because ultimately fitness should become a long-term sustainable lifestyle. So it's really important that you find the, uh, equipment and you find the workout styles that really align with your goals and what you enjoy. Like fitness should not feel like a chore, um, or else it's not going to be sustainable long-term. So, um, <clears throat> we found that, uh, kind of short, effective, workouts that you actually enjoy, those are really what uh, um, make it easy to uh, stay consistent over the long term. And consistency is ultimately what gets you results. So some of the best uh, exercises are <clears throat> the or compound uh, weightlifting exercises. So things like the squats, uh, bench press, deadlift. Um, traditionally, these are seen as like some bigger lifts that, uh, these big, uh, man do. <laughs> do or something in the gym, but actually those are the most effective exercises for every person. Um, assuming you don't have any kind of physical limitations, uh, those are the most effective exercises and you can be doing all of those with resistance bands or 
dumbbells or barbells or basically any of that equipment that I mentioned earlier. There are ways of doing all of that. You can even do a chest press uh, with just body weight, which is known as a push-up. So there are just tons of different ways that you can be doing those styles. But um, compound exercises are really effective because they recruit uh, a bunch of different muscles simultaneously that have to work together. So not only are you um, are you working multiple muscles at the same time, which is actually really efficient at building muscle, and you can keep your workouts uh, in a shorter time frame by focusing on compound exercise because they recruit so much muscle and you're working lots of muscle at the same time. Uh, but beyond that, they're also really functional. So we were talking about osteoporosis earlier. It's really important that you have a training program that builds long-term kind of functional strength. So I want to be able to squat down and pick up um, something off the ground, or I want to be able to um, uh, lift something or move something or do, do things just in the real world, not in a gym or not in, uh, not at home, like, uh, or maybe at home, but like not in a home gym. I mean, so doing that kind of stuff, I think is really, uh, effective at, at building functional strength. Great. Thank you. And Susanna has a question. Any tips for a 55 year old woman in the process of weight loss, getting going on weights, uh, getting going with weightlifting too. Is that uh, well, is it weightlifting, Suzanne, or just starting to use so much? Any tips for a 55 process of weight loss yeah. going on? Okay. Well, yeah. So she, the, she has a hard time fitting it in. She has eight kids. Well, not all of them are at home. Thank yeah. goodness. anymore. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's always, it, it really comes down to, uh, just structuring your schedule. Um, like I think I'm a firm believer that, uh, you, you make time for the things that you really care about. So if you decide that fitness is something that, uh, you really want to focus on your health and fitness, and you want to transform your body in some way, then it just really needs to become a priority in your schedule. It doesn't take a lot of time. Like if you have even 30 minutes a day, that's something that you can fit into your schedule. So, um, the most. I was just going to say a perfect example, uh, and I, I bring her up all the time, is this, uh, this woman we worked with, she is a, a single mother. She has five boys under the age of 10, works a full-time job, and uh, she still wanted to make her goals happen. So it does come down to the, the, t the timing of things, the efficiency of things finding meals that are perfect for the family and the kids, you know, or if they're out of the house, just what you enjoy. Um, so it's, there's everyone's schedule and lifestyle can be catered to. It comes down to, are you ready to commit to that uh, and figure that out uh, or not? Um, and it's a matter of finding the right resources and the right guidance and the right help to create that strategy to fit with the time that you have available. And then you're golden. Um, it, it, then you have a clear path from A to B to get there as quickly and as, as efficiently as possible. Nice. Michelle wants to know what are the vegan Jim brothers opinion of BCAA brain branch chain amino acids? Yeah. Great question. Um, long story short, uh, they're kind of overhyped, uh, marketing stuff. Um, <laughs> it's not necessary. It's not something that you need to be consuming. Uh, so there are basically two exceptions to that. So 
I guess we'll back up. So branched chain amino acids are basically, there are three uh, distinct amino acids uh, that are essential amino acids. And you can consume them in like a powder form through like a BCAA supplement, or you can just consume a wide variety of different plant foods and you can consume those essential amino acids uh, from those plant foods. So that's generally what I would recommend. I do use protein powder, but I don't use BCAAs, um, at least not regularly. The two exceptions to that, which really don't apply to that many people, are if you are uh, really lean, like you're getting, uh, you're preparing for like a physique competition, like a bodybuilding competition or a bikini show, something like that. And you're getting really lean. Uh, then you can use BCAAs as a kind of muscles, uh, sparing, uh, approach where you're using that to just, uh, make sure that, um, your body is not breaking down muscle to the point where you're not able to repair it. Um, and then the only other reason you would be doing that is if you are focused on a very high intensity training program and you're training fasted in the mornings, um, and you just want, uh, some amino acids in your system, uh, and you're not consuming food for, for a duration of time, uh, after workout. So, uh, uh, it's not really something that anyone needs to worry about is basically <laughs> what you need to know. Keep hearing about collagen and vegan collagen. We don't need that, right? Vegan collagen is not a real thing. It's uh, there are vegan collagen boosters, which are basically super expensive vitamins that are sold to um, to make your uh, um, uh, body kind of put your body into a more optimal state for actually uh, creating collagen and having. Uh, kind of a, a healthy, um, having a healthy collagen uh, uh, applying your body. So it's not really something you need to be worrying about. Uh, it's, it's just another kind of marketing gimmick. I don't recommend it. I don't take it. Yeah. I, I don't know why people are, are obsessed with that. And like you say, there's no such thing in anyway. Well, like you said, it's the fitness industry, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's lots, lots of scams to make money. And it's like, they're, they're vitamins. So it's not something that's like unhealthy, but it's just unnecessary. Uh, if you really feel like you're falling short in some vitamins, then that's something that you should get blood testing for, and then actually supplement those particular things that you are, uh, borderline on or deficient in. That's what you should really be focusing on. That makes sense. That makes sense. What do you like? how much do you guys work out every day or is it just for yourself or are you actually training people all day? We, well, I mean, we vary a little bit. So what, what is it that you do? Well, I actually just started a really intense training program. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a little different. Um, so what's, I what's usually, uh, so usually I'm in and out of the gym, uh, within an hour and it's usually, I usually train five, sometimes six days a week. Uh, but yeah, I'm training maybe five, five hours a week, uh, typically. Uh, uh, same thing for me. Um, I, I am all about timing and scheduling and I don't have time for an hour and a half, two hour workouts. I, I want to get in and out between 45 and 60 minutes. Do you yeah, guys you train people in person online or both? We are uh, specifically online. Mm -hmm. So there is no vegan gym we can go to. Uh, not no. yet. <laughs> Maybe no, in the future. The vegan gym is, um, it's an online gym. It's an online training, uh, facility for vegans all over the world. 
that would be so cool though. Can you imagine if they're like, actually that was like a gold's gym and now there's a vegan gym. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's something that we've been talking about. So it, it wouldn't be like gold's gym. It wouldn't be something that we're replicating. It would just be like, it would be just for vegans. It would be like <laughs> the main HQ. And uh, we'd have special guest passes for people. <laughs> that is so funny. You know, I mean, you were on the show before, but, you know, there's lots of new viewers that have maybe didn't see the episode. Do you want to tell briefly your story, you know, of your, your recovery, you know, how you came to veganism in the first place? Yeah. So um, I, I think we should just say, like, uh, we'll definitely dive into it. But we just launched a YouTube video today that explains all okay, that. Then we'll, I'll put a link. Give me the how about yeah. this? And we'll promise. That would the, be awesome. Why don't you give me the link and I'll say if you want to hear the full story. Yeah. 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 OK, long story short. We could give a summary of it, though. <laughs> long story short, I was diagnosed with cancer in college, and uh, that really shifted my perspective on what health really means. Um, I start, I read, uh, the China study. I went really deep into researching, uh, plant-based nutrition. I went plant-based. Then I watched the movie earthlings and I was like, wow, this is so much bigger than what I realized and kind of took the blindfold off, uh, and realized, Hey, this is actually, this is uh, more of an ethical thing. So they went vegan for health and then, uh, and then, um, and then went, well, I guess I went plant-based for health and then went vegan for the animals. So that was my story. Yeah. And then I came along, I started living with uh, Leif after serving in the United States Marine Corps. Um, and uh, I went uh, plant-based uh, when I committed to my first uh, bodybuilding competition. And then like Leif, after watching the documentaries, I turned uh, completely vegan after that. So um, now here we are many, many years later and, uh, we're rocking and rolling and, uh, never looking back. <laughs> yeah. It would have been harder if you were vegan when you were in the Marines, I would imagine. Uh, absolutely. Um, I, there, I've had this discussion a lot. It's like, I, I don't know if it is possible. Uh, maybe if you're, uh, stationed on a certain base, but through training, uh, I don't see it impossible yet. Um, we have been working with, uh, a lot of military personnel actually through our online program. Um, and it's really cool to see because uh, when I went uh, vegan, that was not a thing to be like a veteran and, and to be vegan at the same time. Uh, and I got a lot of uh, trash talking from my, my friends and colleagues and stuff from the military. And I actually was able to turn a few of them vegan as well. So uh, again, amazing. yeah, exactly. Again, it's like, um, uh, showing through action and people will follow. And that's why we think uh, this is such a great avenue for um, uh, promoting veganism. Tell me what the MREs taste like. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you want to know. <laughs> are they really, are um, they really, are they not, not, they're not tasty at all, huh? Well, cause uh, if they're dry, like the thing, the thing that sounds weird to me, unless you're putting water in them, it just sounds like dry food. Yeah, I, I just think of like a gray level above dog food. And then that's what that is. So um, it's I mean, it's, it's not healthy. All they're trying to do is just pack calories down into your body. That's it. And they're not tasty at all. Not even a lot of salt, something to make it go down, huh? Uh, I mean, there's unvegan things in there that were somewhat tasty went back in the day, but it's just like, like it depends how hungry you are. Yeah, it depends on how hungry you are. That's, <laughs> That's exactly you know, right. That would be such a great thing if somebody would make like a healthier vegan, and they wouldn't have to bill it as vegan. They're just saying, hey, we make this very tasty MRE, and it just happens right. to be. I, I know that they have a vegetarian, one, and I know that they've 
the military is pushing a lot more with like nutrition. Um, but obviously that's not first and foremost in their eyes. Right. So it's like slowly incorporating it. You would think it should be, but well, they yeah, I mean, all the MREs from the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got stockpiled. When you're in the armed forces, isn't it sort of like boxing where you have to make a certain weight and isn't it harder now with so many of so many people more overweight that is it harder for them to get recruits now to that fit what they need? Um, as far as recruiting right now, I'm not, I don't know. Uh, but when I was in the military, I was the one that ran the BCP program, which is the, the body composition program. So I was the kind of the fat loss program within my unit. Um, and so at that time, yeah, there was a lot of overweight individuals and, um, that's kind of depressing. So that's uh, kind of cool that you were doing fat loss then because you're doing it now because they, in case you just joined us, we have the Vegan Gym Brothers and they have several offerings in the Ultimate Weight Loss Bundle. And one is actually called Vegan Weight Loss Secrets. Yep. Yep. So we got, we got all the secrets if you want to. Well, if they want the, the secrets, they're going to have to buy the bundle, aren't they? Because we're not going to yeah, talk. Yeah, really. I'm just <laughs> but, but he also have a beautiful book, 30 Easy Vegan Meal Plans. And just the burger on the, on the cover sheet, the, you know, the front. Oh, my God. It, it's really great. For yeah, some, of those, uh, some of those recipes are to die for. <laughs> yeah, to live for. They are very good. To live for. There we go. <laughs> a way better way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Michelle says, do you incorporate multiple, multiple forms of exercise into your routine? like calisthenics, yoga, yoga, walking, swimming, biking, et cetera. I, I think it goes hand in hand with what we've been saying uh, this entire time. It's like, you need to, you need to find stuff that you enjoy. Um, like, so for me, I really enjoy weight training and that is the most efficient way to um, build and preserve lean muscle mass, whether you're bulking or uh, like as you're shredding uh, body fat or building. Um, and then in addition to that, I do mobility and flexibility. Um, so you need to make sure that you're incorporating all these things. So you have full bodily function. Um, but, uh, if other people have hobbies, whether it's like climbing or other sports activities, um, you can have a, a diverse, um, approach to your training, but have like a core program around strength training that helps all those other hobbies, um, and ultimately changes your physique the, the, the most efficiently. So I think it's really important to just have fun with your training program, right. like do exercise that you enjoy. That is the most important part. Um, and if you're doing a little bit of cardio, some resistance training, uh, some strength training and, uh, some kind of mobility, uh, that's, that's a really good blend. So we've, um, <clears throat> I, uh, trained for a, uh, an Ironman last year and raced an Ironman in Maryland. Uh, so, I went really into like endurance training. Uh, before that, I was really into um, kind of bodybuilding. Now I'm starting to get into strength training and really trying to increase my strength and power. So it can also change over time. Like you can morph your goals and uh, and just test out different types of uh, training. And that can keep it really just fun and interesting. That's great. Thank you. Adina has a question about a weighted vest. Uh, what's your, uh, what is your opinion on them for people wanting to build bone density? It's definitely something that you can, uh, can incorporate into your training. I think that's, that's a great thing to do depending on what you're doing, uh, depending on your kind of, uh, physical ability and your bone density situation, I would, uh, recommend, or I would caution you to consider like, 
uh, maybe not running weighted vest on, depending on uh, like how your knees feel or where your bone density levels are and stuff like that. So it's something that you should be, um, it, uh, it, it's not just like a yet a black or white kind of um, response, but, uh, but it is, it's definitely something that you can utilize in strength training to uh, build muscle and bone density. So if you're throw it on, you do some push-ups, assisted pull-ups, or whatever kind of training you want to do, that can be a really effective way of, um, of building muscle. And you can just walk around with it as well. That can be, that can be helpful to increase your calorie burn. And that would also likely have a, a small positive effect on your bone density. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. People, and like, what do you think about wearing when people, I see them sometimes walking with, you know, wrist weights, ankle weights, is that a safe thing to do? Um, yeah, I generally speaking, they're like certainly no more than two pounds each. So we're talking about some really low weights here. It's uh, not really something that's going to put you at any risk of injury or present any problems. Uh, weighted vests uh, can get upwards of like 60 pounds or even a little heavier. So that's a little bit of a different situation. Uh, generally speaking, the more uh, weight that you're using in training, um, the more careful you need to be in terms of like making sure you're really, uh, you have the right form, you're doing training properly in a way that aligns with your goals. So, uh, yeah, those ankle weights and wrist weights, uh, it's totally fine to, to be using, and that will have uh, a slight improvement on your, uh, calorie burn as well. So that's definitely something that you can incorporate. Okay. Which one of you is the better chef? Uh, I'll, are, let, I'll, I'll let him choose. I have an answer, but I'll let him. We choose. are actually uh, both mediocre chefs. <laughs> <laughs> we have, uh, we actually, um, oh, where is it? Oh, it's over here. Here, I'll grab it. Just one second. I, I'm the better one. <laughs> Andres is probably, probably the better chef, <laughs> but uh, we just, uh, we are actually launching a show, a YouTube show called the Mediocre Vegan Kitchen. So we're going to be, uh, we're both very funny. That's very hilarious. The whole idea of the show is that we are, um, we're fairly mediocre in the kitchen. Uh, but there are lots of delicious, simple, healthy vegan recipes that even we can make and we're no chefs. So that's kind of the whole premise of the show. And, um, and we make meals that are super healthy and really easy to make in a short period of time. So that's kind of what we're all about. I, I can't wait to see that. I love the title. I almost feel like your tagline should be something that Dr. Goldhammer often says, we make good food taste not bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's that good. is helpful. So the, I think the first one launches next week, right? Uh, yeah, it launches on, the first episode actually launches this Sunday. Now you guys have great chemistry together. That is hilarious. It's, uh, it's kind of goofy, but uh, no, I good. think I think that's what we need. Yeah, maybe I can make a guest appearance sometime and make I'll make I'll make some. Absolutely, that'll be I great. Promise I'll make I will make something really mediocre. Honestly, I will yeah, not make good. Something. That's all that's allowed on the show. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Uh, what do you suggest to do when your muscles are really sore? I'd say get a massage. That's what I would do. Um. Actually, one of the best things that you can do really simple is uh, sleep. <laughs> Make sure that you're sleeping enough. Uh, sleep is the number one tool for recovery that you can possibly use. Um, massage does have its time and place. That's definitely something that you can incorporate. There is uh, research behind 
uh, the benefits of massage. So, and uh, who doesn't love getting a massage? That's great. Uh, but the best way of recovering is making sure that you are consuming enough protein to rebuild your sore uh, muscles that you've broken down through training. Uh, so it's really important that you're consuming enough protein. And it's also really important that you are recovering enough. And the best form of recovery is sleep. So to, to go along with that, um, I think a lot of people equate soreness to progression. Um, and they you need to understand that being sore doesn't, isn't necessarily a good thing all the time. Um, so if you're feeling like you're sore 24 seven and you're not fully recovering and you always feel like there's something aching or something, um, there's most likely something that you're doing that's incorrect or not dialed in, um, and is actually hindering the results that you're wanting to make. Um, so that's why it is really important to have a strategy that's built for you um, and allows you to recover quickly and efficiently so you can get up the, the, uh, and recover quickly so you can get back to uh, training. Yeah, there are lots of people. Um, well, most people undertrain because they're just not doing enough exercise. But then there are also people who overtrain. And like Honors was saying, you basically, if you're constantly beating down your muscles and not giving them enough time to repair and you're not fueling them properly with enough calories and protein, then you're actually going to be further uh, breaking your muscles down over time, which is actually going to seriously hinder uh, muscle growth. So uh, overtraining can actually backfire and get you less results. So it's really important to understand that uh, getting in, doing short, effective workouts that you enjoy, that's really the uh, key to fitness success. That makes sense. Uh, Susanna says, you guys have a great vibe together. Hilarious. So make sure you get us a link to your YouTube channel, especially <laughs> to the debut. Uh, uh, Bob says, how do I build strength so I can get off the ground if I fall? That's very important for people as they age or at any age, really. Yeah, it really comes that back to what we were talking about uh, with just doing forms of resistance training. The more functional the resistance training is, the better that's going to be for you to, um, to prevent those kinds of uh, issues as you age. So I want to... I intend to age very gracefully and always kind of have that strength to feel like I can be independent and do the thing that I want to do and have the freedom to be going off and doing hikes and stuff well into my nineties and stuff like that. Like that's the kind of lifestyle that I want to build. And it's really important to have a foundation of resistance training to be able to accomplish that. And again, there are bunches of a bunch of different ways that you can be doing that resistance training. And I saw another question is flex training different from yoga. Um, I'm, I'm actually, too, I'm, yeah, I'm not too familiar with what flex training is. Yeah. I'm actually not sure what flex training is. Yeah, maybe type Sorry. in chat. Okay. Thank you. And for somebody who's 70, do you read and wants to know, do you recommend a certain number of days per week for weight training? Maybe it depends how much they've done before. Yeah, again, it, it really comes down to what's going to be best for you. Um, uh, we're currently working with a woman that's 79 years old, um, and uh, she is absolutely just crushing it. And she's working, uh, she's working out a few days a week uh, and having nutrition dialed in, and she's just thriving. Uh, other people do seven days a week, you know, so it's just um, you have to look at the, the numbers of things, the science of things, what your lifestyle, uh, really entails, and then build that strategy and then implement that strategy. 
the a good general recommendation for uh, people, um, if you don't have a coach or trainer, is to just uh, focus on doing a little bit more, like uh, every single week, and like building that up over time. So you don't need to jump right into something. Uh, that's what lots of people do, like January first or at other times during the year, and they're just feeling like, okay, now I need to get into shape, and they just go like a hundred miles from like zero to a hundred, and that's really counterproductive because your body is not ready to do that. And you're going to uh, probably get frustrated and want to give up. So start by going from zero to 10 miles an hour and then 20, and then just build up from there. So a good way to start is just saying, Hey, I want to train with resistance bands or train with body weights. I want to do that times a week for 15 minutes each. And then um, <clears throat> next week or two weeks later, you can bump that up to 20 minutes, three times a week, and then maybe 30 minutes, three times a week, and then 30 minutes, four times a week, and just kind of build up there. Um, I would, uh, most people really don't need to be training uh, more than five times a week, one or each. So that's uh, really, that can be really effective regardless of what your goals are. Something that you have to keep in mind is you, you have this goal of losing weight or building muscle, uh, but you need to understand that the goal is not just to reach that. It's a matter of getting there sustainably. So you're able to actually get to the goal, maintain it and be able to build upon that. Um, a lot of people just really hyper-focus on the goal, get to the goal and then fizzle out because they're like, I can't keep this up. So that's why with what Lay's saying, if you progress up into something, it's a very good transition into a spot where you feel comfortable and you can keep on growing from that point. So the key is sustainable results, not just results. And just get started, like just, just start the process, get a, some, uh, a little bit of training in and then just build over time. Thanks. A lot of the viewers are saying they've already subscribed to your YouTube channel and they're asking. Oh yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, I hate anything that's mediocre, man. You know, we gotta, we gotta. There you go. <laughs> so people are asking what you guys personally do for cardio. Oh, that's a very good question. Yeah. So I am currently uh, doing a program called 75 hard, which is kind of like a mental toughness uh, program, like a self-development program. Um, and uh, I'm doing 45 minutes of, uh, uh, easy running every single day. Um, so that's more intense than most people need to be doing. Uh, it's not at a high intensity level, but the total amounts per week is a little high. That's what I'm doing right now. It's the kind of sole purpose is kind of building mental grit. Um, but for a general person, um, it's very similar to resistance training. Just start off with, uh, 15 minutes, three times a week. Uh, one of the biggest, one of the number one kind of weight loss tips that you can be using is just increasing your non-exercise activity. So we don't even need to talk about cardio, uh, in terms of like weight loss or starting to, um, start starting to build some momentum towards your fitness goals. You just get out and walk for 20 minutes a day. Like that's a great way for, um, kind of just, uh, um, kind of alleviating stress in your day by going out, uh, getting some fresh air, seeing nature, and then you're also burning calories uh, doing that. And that's a very low, um, kind of low impact, low intensity level of uh, activity that's really beneficial for, um, for your entire body. And uh, that's also, it's a really good, um, good thing to be focusing on when you're trying to lose weight.
and I don't even do cardio. So it, it really comes down to uh, preference. Um, and uh, you can get the results with or without cardio. Um, it's cardio is fantastic for your uh, cardiovascular system. Um, so if that's the, the goal, uh, great. Uh, if you're utilizing it as a tool for fat loss, it is not uh, necessary, necessary for that process to happen. Great. Thank yeah, you. that's a good point. Yeah. Lots of people think that, think that cardio is the key to weight loss. That's actually not true. Um, resistance training paired with the correct kind of nutrition approach is, um, actually more effective because you can, uh, burn body fat more efficiently, and you can also, uh, maintain at the very least, or potentially building muscle simultaneously and muscle is very calorie hungry. So as you start building lean muscle and strength over time, it actually gets easier and easier to stay in shape and stay lean and fit because your body's uh, uh, metabolism increases as your uh, muscle and strength increases. Nice. People are asking, do you recommend walking 10,000 steps a day? I think that's a great goal. I, I highly recommend that. Wonderful. And I saw uh, Kimberly says I need to lose 80 pounds. How do I start? I think you start by buying the ultimate weight loss bundle and not yeah, so yeah. from the vegan gym brothers, because there's over a hundred items that are weight loss friendly. So yeah, including two yeah. books from them. Yeah. So I have a uh, vegan weight loss secret. It's an ebook that you can download. If you go through, read that ebook, it's going to tell you exactly what you need to be doing. And uh, it will give you all those steps that you need to uh, lose the first pound, the first five, the first 10 and get up to those 80 pounds. So that's a great goal. And I uh, wish you all the best. Thank you. Uh, Michelle says you aim for specific macros for shredding versus bulking. So when people look at uh, macronutrient breakdowns, um, so for anyone who doesn't know what macros are, it's simply uh, where your energy comes or your calories come from your meals. So we're talking about protein, carbohydrates, and dietary fats. Um, so in terms of like talking about macronutrient breakdowns, we're looking at how many grams of protein you're consuming per day, how many grams of carbohydrates, and how many grams of dietary fat you're consuming per day. Um, but to answer that question, it's, uh, again, it really comes down to what your current body composition is, like what your amount of lean muscle is, what your amount of body fat is, what your fitness goals are, what your dietary preferences are, how much you train, what, uh, what style of training you're doing. Uh, all these variables, uh, have a huge impact on your, um, what your, uh, nutrition should look like. So, uh, I don't recommend any specific macronutrient ratios. Um, generally speaking, the difference between a, um, a, like a fat loss program and a muscle building program is generally the calories. So protein and dietary fat are going to mostly stay the same for most people. Um, again, I'm just talking in, uh, in kind of general generalities here, because there's, like a lot of specific information that you would need to know, uh, this stuff, um, with detail, but, uh, there's no specific macronutrient ratios. It's basically just, you'd be consuming more carbohydrates if you're focusing on muscle growth and, um, and less calories if you're focusing on fat loss. Great. Thanks. Elkie says, how do you choose the next physical feat you want to accomplish? What makes you choose a specific goal? 
Um, that's a great question. I think that's actually the place that everyone should start their fitness journey. So you should start your fitness journey, focusing on figuring out what exactly you want to accomplish. So we have, we hear lots of people who say, Hey, I want to lose weight or I want to feel better. <clears throat> Those are not specific goals. So if you, if you don't know where you're trying to go, then how are you going to know kind of the roadmap to get there? Um, and uh, it's really important that you're uh, getting clear on those goals when you first start. Um, so for example, someone who says, I want to lose weight, it's very general. And if you lose a pound, then technically you accomplished your goal. Um, so the woman who spoke earlier, uh, who said, I want to lose 80 pounds, that's uh, much more specific than just, hey, I want to lose weight or I want to feel better. So that's the kind of stuff that you need to be working into the goal setting process. So I want to lose weight is very different from saying, hey, I want to lose 25 pounds of body fat in the next three months to feel happier, healthier, and more confident. They're, they both have the same overall goal, which is to lose weight or lose body fat more specifically. But uh, one is really powerful because it's very specific. Uh, the deadline, you know exactly what you need to accomplish versus just, hey, I want to lose weight. Um, you're not likely to accomplish your goals unless you know exactly what that goal is. Uh, so just get really clear on what you want to accomplish and why you want to accomplish it. And that's something that can change over time. So you can analyze uh, your goals every few months and say, hey, am I on the right track? Do I want to accomplish something different? And you can always make tweaks to your nutrition and training to accomplish different goals. Perfect. Thank you. I saw a question. Where did it go? Where do you get your body composition determined? Asks Rita. Uh, that's a great question. That's a great question. So um, yeah, again, when we're talking about body composition, we're looking at basically your amount of lean muscle mass that you have and the amount of body fat that you have. So we're just going through and we're basically seeing the proportions of lean muscle mass versus body fat that you have on your body. That is what determines your body composition. So the best way of doing this um, is by getting what's known as DEXA scan. So you can go get a DEXA scan, which uh, is just um, a really accurate way of measuring how much muscle and body fat that you have on your body. Other ways are uh, using like a bod pod, or you can use uh, the in-body ones, like where you just grab the electrodes and you stand on the electrodes. Uh, they have those at uh, a bunch of gyms. Um, so maybe your gym has one, maybe not. Uh, that's not the most accurate way of tracking your body composition, but it's fairly accurate. So you can use that. Um, but actually the way that, uh, I, the way that I recommend in my book to just keep it super easy is to, um, is to simply bring up a, uh, a Google search, just search for like female body fat percentages or male body fat percentages. If you just look at that in Google, you'll pull up a bunch of different pictures, like a whole grid, and it will have a bunch of uh, different physique photos with corresponding body fat percentages. And you can compare your physique with, uh, with those um, uh, bodies to get an idea of how much body fat you have. So you can get an idea of your body fat percentage from those images. And then you would just take your body fat percentage multiplied by your total body weight. And that would be uh, the total amount of body fat that you have on your body. And you can track that over time and see how that uh, changes. 
Great. Thank, I just want to let you know that uh, Elisa's husband has already read your book from the bundle. So if you oh, guys awesome. want to get the bundle from the Vegan Gym Brothers, please click the link below and get it from them because they're awesome. And did you have a chance to look at the bundle and see if there's anything else that might interest you? Yeah, I think uh, there's, I, I was really interested in all the recipes. Like it's awesome how many like different recipes there are. I'm always trying to test out new recipes and uh, make them mediocre. <laughs> figure out how to make them mediocre. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I love all the recipes. And uh, the thing that I love so much about um, the uh, ultimate weight loss bundle that you pulled together is that um, first of all, it's super affordable. And that $49 that you're spending on the bundle, that uh, that's going to be, you're going to find one thing in the bundle that's worth way more than those $49. So there's going to be a lot of stuff in there that, um, that maybe isn't totally relevant to exactly what you want to be doing or what you want to accomplish, but there's going to be a ton of stuff in there as well. That is really relevant. And it's going to, even if you just find one thing that just um, can kind of change, change your perspective or put you on the right track, uh, such as my book, I think hopefully, uh, thank you for reading it. Um, whoever that was, uh, but yeah, I think if you, if you read this book, it's really going to give you, um, a good perspective on, uh, moving forward with your, with your, uh, weight loss journey. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for your contribution. And I can't wait to see your new uh, cooking show. It sounds fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it should be pretty good. So thank you so much. Well, you know, your shirt says not bad for a vegan. Maybe for the show, you get apron saying not bad for a mediocre chef. <laughs> yeah, well, we yeah. actually, we actually did get aprons. We do have aprons, <laughs> but uh, they're not as cool as what you just said. It says the mediocre vegan kitchen. <laughs> it's going to be fabulous. Thank you guys so much for yeah. what you do, for being in the bundle. Thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. We have three more bundle shows tomorrow, and then the bundle is gone forever. At 9 a.m., we have Dr. Stephanie Peacock. At 10 a.m., we have Justina Fruis, who has a book on getting over binge eating in the bundle. And at 11 a.m., we have the lady without whom there'd be no bundle because it might've been my idea, but she put it all together. Lissa Maris of Raw Food Romance. It doesn't just get the bundle. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Thank, Thank you. you. Peace.